Hello and welcome to Punt Counterpunt, the pretend debate show for real magic cards. In the latest magic set, The Midnight Hunt, day and night are all messed up, which is perfect because that's how most people describe the show as well. So let's determine which of two ostensibly similar magic cards are best for your needs. First up, zombies. You want them, but whose milkshake raises all the boys from the yard? Wheeler is arguing for the joyous upheaval of Gisa, glorious resurrector, but Nelson has betrayed him to Kalitas, traitor of Get. That's right, Wheeler. Instead of going to the graveyard, we're going to exile you and bring you back as a 2-2 zombie token. Ooh, yeah, and if Kalitas gets hungry, we might even pay three to make him bigger. Rawr! Lifelink! Game recognized game, Nelson. And as much as I want to say that Kalitas isn't looking too familiar... Even I have to acknowledge that that's a good exile ability. But what if, instead of getting a 2-2 zombie, you got literally whatever you exiled? Hmm. uh, Who needs a 2-2 when I can get, oh, I don't know, a grizzly bear, a glory seeker, a scathed zombie, any number of those cards. But we get an added bonus, as these creatures also are decayed. Wait, you mean your tokens can't block? That's secretly the best ability in magic. Blocking is for cowards and cowardice is for blockers. And Gisa is a 4-4 and Cletus is a 3-4. Game recognizes game indeed. Four is a bigger number than three. I rest my case and then resurrect my case, but it is now decayed uh, and therefore can't block. And when it attacks, I have to sacrifice it at the end of combat. Well, wasn't that thrilling? Why not mail your thoughts to your mother since we don't want them? And while you're doing that, we'll move on to our next debate, which is sure to make waves. Nelson thinks Cosmotronic Wave is the best one, but Wheeler is carving on a Geist Wave. Only one thing is certain, this intro was certainly whelming. The real genesis of Cosmotronic Wave's power comes from keeping your opponents from blocking. And if you were paying attention during our last debate, You're the only one. However, stopping your opponents from blocking is a great way to win a game of Magic the Gathering. And that's no breaking news. Now, admittedly, I'm not well-versed in Cosmotronic Wave, but I have spent a great deal of time listening to Cosmos Wave, an offshoot of Space Wave that primarily uses a heavy sample segment from uh, Carl Edward Sagan, uh, Carl for short. It's not exactly my jam. I found that Space Wave ended up being a bit too Dream Wave at times, but you find yourself just comparing apples to oranges here. You know what I mean, Nelson? I don't think it should take a killing Heat Wave to figure out who's going to be the master of this argument. It's funny you mentioned that Heat Wave is actually sonically closer to something like Desert Wave than Cosmotronic Wave. God forbid it's Vapor Wave, because when you get Heat Wave too close to your Vapor Wave, it evaporate waves. And that's really just the horizon. It's not actually waves. Sorry, I took a lot of Acid Wave before we started recording. What combat trick are we talking about again? I have a resounding impulse to go and listen to some Time Cop 1983. I mean, I picked up a Time Wave album when I copped that Acid Wave earlier. And now that you say cop, I think they definitely had me. But naturally, when you cross too many waves together, you get some god-forsaken simulacrum, part hyperpop, part nightcore, entirely suffering. And, well, that's just not a wave I want to ride, you know? I don't know. I'd probably go to that show. Ping me when we can listen to Big Wave. Big Band Wave. 
course, if you want to catch a low tide, nice skinny dip back into the magic conversation on these waves, my dear boy, we could always hop onto a wave of mutilation. No pixies, of course. I'm just talking about the number girl cover. Now that's a solid 2010 right there. It's not going to take a killing to figure it out. I've already dismantled this argument. Your attempt to uh, dethrone a cosmetronic wave has been displaced. Um, Kathleen, I'd like to concede the argument being that, of course, the wave of mutilation covered by Number Girl was released in 1999. And my husband has threatened to divorce me if I continue this conversation. You know what? I'll allow it. On the basis that I've basically allowed everything else to happen here. So who am I to pretend I have any control over these bits? What'd you call us? Oh no, the fourth wall. Let's move on. Next up, it's two cards that show literally the same creature. Brothers Yamazaki? Stang twin? Close, but please don't interrupt me. Nelson is talking about Champion of the Parish, the before, and Wheeler is stumping for Champion of the Parished, the after. Which one's better after this make-under? Kids, do you like winning games in modern? I recommend slamming Champion of the Parish turn one and following it up with some other pump creatures and probably a Mantis Rider. Even the brains of a zombie could figure out how to pilot this deck, although you'll feel like a genius when you name their best card with your meddling mage. I mean, from Champ of the Parish to Champ of the Parished? Talk about a Poe-up. Edgar Allen, that is. This bad boy over here is getting so big in a tribe that for so long people have disrespected only to all of a sudden, oops, I'm a win a pro tour. Oops, I won that one pro tour. Look, zombies had its day in the sun, but you want to arm yourselves with the powerful friends of Champion of the Parish, like Kite Sail Freebooter. Hmm, interesting. As far as I recall, zombies shouldn't be in the sun. It's almost as if Nelson isn't actually familiar with how the undead go about their day-to-day. And if that's the case, uh, how could we believe anything he's saying about modern? Sure. I don't know anything about modern. I don't know anything about Tron. I don't know anything about zombies. Tron? I wonder if Tron could be made better by some ghosts, some ghoulies. Ugin the spirit dragon. Uh, That ghost from Three Men and a Baby is the best part of the film. I don't know what you mean, but I'm reminded of Geist of St. Traft. That's a pretty strong ghost. I had an uncle named Traft, and he was better when he was dead. I can't think of a single thing that is better off alive. I mean, even everyday things. A ghost bird, a ghost tree, uh... Ghost ghost horse? horse. Oh my god, yes. You know what I think it's time for? It's time for the ghost horse power ranking. Alrighty, Roo listeners, it's that most wonderful time of the year. We're here to update the Ghost Horse Power Rankings. As always, we have Wheeler and Nelson here just to talk about how much they like those ghosty horses. Thanks, Kathleen. We're welcoming a new and different ghost horse to the Ghost Horse Power Ranking. Today's new ghost horse is Phantom Carriage. Now, I love a good two-for-one, and as we can see, there are two healthy ghost horses here. What are your thoughts, Wheeler? Nelson, as soon as I saw this card, the first thing that jumped out to me was that, as you said, there are two ghost horses. Of course, horses are able to pull more weight when they work in tandem. And of course, that extends to the ghost horse power rankings. Yeehaw! I have a good feeling about this power ranking today. That's right, Nelson. I think that both us as 
ghost horsepower rankers and the public as enjoyers of the ghost horsepower ranking are going to look back on this particular ranking and think, wow, that definitely deserved a four. I couldn't agree more, Wheeler. This beautiful boy is going to receive a four on the ghost horsepower ranking. I just think both of them look so happy, don't you? If you ask me, Kathleen, I think these two are in a stable relationship. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Well, that was a work of art of some sort, and mercifully, so are our last two cards for this episode. Wheeler's up for a rotten reunion, Nellie's visiting his orcish settlers, and you're thinking of American Gothic. That's right, friends. It's time for the Battle of the American Gothic Tributes. Magic the Gathering now has two that we know of. And I'm going to bat for Orcish Settlers by Pete Venters from the wonderful expansion Weatherlight. Now, the original American Gothic gives you a bit of a hint that the female character is perhaps displeased with her husband in the picture, but maybe she just kind of ate something funny, whereas Pete really sells it to you. The orcish wife is holding a rolling pin and knows what her husband did with the ruin in the background. She's definitely going to be giving him an earful at the very least. The only thing to contest here is that this is supposed to be an homage to Grant Wood, but the Orca settlers are so corny it's coming off like a Norman Rockwell, and quite frankly, it's more of a Norman Rock poorly. Norman Rockwell doesn't even have anything to do with, you know what, name one painting. Uh, banana? You know what, I think I get to win this one. Oh, Okay. Well, audience, what do you think? Are you sick of being nagged in my remarks? Why not tell us all about it in the comments below, since the algorithm is basically me as a teenager and can't tell the difference between good and bad attention. I've been your host, Kathleen. Wheeler's been Wheeler. Nelson's been Nelson. And this has been Punt Counter Punt. 